Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Welcome to the With All Your Mind podcast. We hope you find these conversations helpful on your journey. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on when you're listening to this, and welcome to the With All My Mind podcast. I'm Walter F. Rodriguez, and with me are a few wonderful gentlemen that I'm going to let introduce themselves so that you can get used to the sound of their voices. Uh, Mark? Yeah, my name is Mark McNair. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I have been working in the field of mental health for, um, I think it's like, I keep saying 30 years, I think it's like more than 35 years now. And I, and I work in uh, Northwest New Jersey as a, a counselor, a therapist, integrating both psychological uh, principles and theology together. So uh, something that I really enjoy. I also live with my wife, Debbie, and we have been married uh, this year, 39 years. Oh, wow. So Congrats. Thank you. And then we've also got Mr. Kirk over here. Well, I think Mark's got some more, right? You have a daughter or something? Yeah, well, yeah. I, mean, I, have, like, I have a daughter, <laughs> Emily. More depth uh, to you, yeah. Mark. Come on, you know? <laughs> I have a daughter, Emily, and uh, her husband, Brandon, uh, my son-in-law, and they live in Wyoming. We were just out there visiting them a few weeks ago, so nice. uh, they are very close to my heart at all times. And you're also an author. Yeah, I'm an author of a book, uh, a book that I published about a year ago called uh, Finding My Words, A Ruthless Commitment healing gently after trauma just a memoir about my life and a lot of mental health issues in there for sure (laughs) i i will plug that book without like mark's not gonna give me any money at all like i really (laughs) just generally love this book so i'll back that up yeah yeah yeah, honestly there's no kickback or anything like that so uh, my name is kirk ruprecht i am a local pastor in this beautiful area of north jersey at commonplace church uh we've been a church for about maybe three four years we're kind of that toddler phase at church which is you know, unpredictable in, in a lot of good ways. So um, background, grew up in good old Bud Lake, New Jersey. I am a PK, which is called a pastor's kid. <laughs> and uh, that comes with a lot of fun baggage, <clears throat> a lot of things to unpack. <laughs> and uh, my goal in life was to become a rock star. And now I'm a pastor. So that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, But God's got a great sense of humor. Um, went to Eastern University in good old Pennsylvania. Uh, before ministry, worked uh, in, in a healthcare field and worked with um, some, some clients in a facility, working with uh, cognitive disabilities and uh, just a, a really, it was a great atmosphere, just kind of really getting to love and care for people. So, and now um, getting to be part of a podcast. This is, this is podcast number one for me. So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm a rookie. And you play a mean guitar. I occasionally <laughs> play a mean guitar. Yeah. Um, so that, that's me. And Walter, tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh man, I don't know if we have time for that. Uh, so my uh, my CV is pretty diverse, but the short version of it for these purposes, uh, I worked most of my life in the arts. So I started as a stage screen and voice actor and director, and I worked as a photographer for a while and a visual artist. And then a couple of years ago, God opened up this opportunity for me to give back to the community by working as a teaching artist, right? So I do art therapy with young people. I'm doing a lot of work in public schools and at nonprofit agencies in that vein, working with kids in traumatic situations. Um, I work with kids in juvenile detention centers, domestic violence shelters, uh, families and kids that have experienced court-mandated family separation. So my role there is to teach them how to use the arts as a healthy coping mechanism so that they can manage their emotions better and express some of that stuff. Yeah, you're left with so much 
crap after going through some of this stuff. And um, if you're not taught how to properly excise it from yourself, you're going to carry it into adulthood and could cause some some serious mm-hmm. problems. So I'm just I'm blessed to be able to do that with these children, and, and it's been a really amazing time. Awesome, man. Thanks for being our, our mighty host here. <laughs> uh, before we get go to the questions, yeah. I, I feel like a real hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called Mark out for not talking about his family, and I said nothing about my family. So <laughs> well, in case well, my I was sitting here thinking that. <laughs> what a hypocrite. So just in case my family actually to listen to this, um, I have a wife named Alicia. I've been married for 18 years. Uh, three kids. My son, Cadence, is 16. My daughter, Cassidy, is 13. And my little daughter, Ellie, is nine. So, And we have two terrible dogs. Mm. No, they're 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 pretty cool. They're okay. One of them is. Yeah, they <laughs> they grow on you. Yeah, 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 like mold. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, I gotta. Well, you were mentioning being a PK. I'm a PK as well. Mm. Um, so dad was a pastor growing up. He's retired now, but I absolutely uh, agree with you. It leaves you with a bunch of baggage. Some great stuff. Yo, there's a lot of like really amazing things to being a pastor's kid, but there's also there's a whole <clears throat> lot to carry around. So, yeah. So shout out to pastors kids. Yeah, PKs everywhere unite. <laughs> Missionaries kids, we'll give you some love too. Don't worry. Like, just kids. Shout out to kids. You know? Shout out to kids. Ah, yeah, we just had our youth group uh, retreat this weekend. So shout out to all the commonplace youth. We love you guys. Yeah. So now that our listeners have an idea of who we are, I guess the first question is, why are we here? And uh, I don't mean that in the vast <laughs> existential. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that kind that of would time. Be broad. <laughs> <laughs> but why did a bunch of guys decide that the world needed another podcast? Ah, uh, you want me to talk? Yeah, about that? T- okay. please, Pastor. <laughs> uh, well, I guess you know. I, I think part of the joy of being uh, in a community together as a church is, is to kind of really live out like what are, what are the needs? What are the the, the needs we can um, really be meeting uh, that that God's given us opportunities to do so? Like be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, you know, one of those needs is more podcasts, obviously. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, one of those needs <laughs> was really, you know, post-pandemic, um, for me personally, uh, was a struggle. Um, and I think I'm still kind of in that struggle of um, really dealing with some some mental health kind of challenges, some mm-hmm. some things that I um, struggle with believing about myself, about at times just how God sees me, things like that. And I think that... Um, you know, as, as a follower of Jesus who knows truth um, and still struggling, I can only imagine what that means for others who, who are just seeking for truth and looking for, for real hope. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things we recognize is there, there's definitely a need right now in this uh, area that we live in. You know, it's a pretty, I'll be honest, we live in, you know, Morris County or wherever we are right now, but uh, this might be Sussex County, I don't know. But either way, it's pretty <laughs> pretty affluent area, if we're yeah. just being honest, yeah. in regards to the, the world. and. So there are there are definitely tangible needs. People who maybe need some food and, and things like that. And we want we we meet those as well. But I think one of the big needs we see is this struggle of making sense with the the mental health conversation. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that um, we lean all on. We all lean on Mark for <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, but we, <laughs> no, we appreciate more, uh, just who God's brought to the table. Yeah. Um, Mark, we have we have a couple other. Uh, just really gifted individuals who are probably going to crash this podcast. Mm-hmm, as we mm-hmm. decide, we're going to call this backup plan is, is podcast crashers. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, but and so that's that's why we're here. We want to we want to make um, this a conversation that's really acceptable in the church and offer resources for those who may be in the church and outside of the church. And yeah, so that's it's, it. You know, Kirk, it's interesting that you say like after the pandemic, I, we had talked about this before. Um, yeah. 
that idea. And, and I had looked up some of the statistics and uh, after COVID, you know, uh, the World Health Organization said that uh, anxiety, for example, is up, I think, 25 percent, mm-hmm. you know, um, also, I don't know if this was the World Health Organization, but I looked at the statistic that suicide is up. Mm-hmm. No, that's absolutely uh, true. Like yeah. 9% or yep. something like yeah, that. So, it, so it's something that's happening yeah. within our community yeah. today. You know, it, you know, if the World Health Organization is saying that it's happening all around the world, it's happening here too. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I, and I think that's, you know, one of the things we get to do is, as a church is provide um, hope, you know, like real, real hope. It doesn't mean we're going to solve the issue, right? But mm-hmm. we can at least be advocates at least be almost do some triage yeah. like where to point people who are, are seeking and searching because i to be honest i think we're probably most people are seeking and searching and uh, different ways that can be probably unhealthy mm-hmm. you know yeah um, and 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 we don't want it to be a taboo for people to you know that's you know good. to say like okay i go to church and because I go to church, I have it all together. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Are you sure? I mean, like, I mean, I, no, That's no I mean, but that has been somewhat of a mindset at times yeah. in church, you know, that, that either there's too much um, emphasis on the spiritual and not enough on just who we are as beings. Where, yeah. You know, we are biologically uh, created. We mm-hmm. are psychologically created. We're sociologically created and Holistic, we're yeah. spiritually and not in that order. And mm-hmm. so we have to look at the holistic part yeah. of the person. And so that's one of the things we talked about that it'd be really important to get together just to talk about things like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was talking to Kirk about this this morning, but it's, it's one of those things that you grow up. There's a lot that we're surrounded by when we grow up in churches or anywhere. I mean, we don't really process until <laughs> we're adults, but there's this song that we used to sing. So I grew up, my first home church was a, an English speaking Baptist church, but then we went to a Pentecostal Spanish church. And there's this song that's sung basically at every Spanish church, but it goes, No puede estar triste un corazón que alaba Cristo. No puede estar triste un corazón que alaba Él. And that translates to, a heart that praises God can't be sad. And I was thinking about it this morning as I was getting ready for this, and I must have sang that song a few hundred times as a kid. And you don't really like, we tend not to question, especially music, but we tend not to question some of the messaging that we're just, we're just around. And as I was thinking about that this morning, I was thinking of um, Mark, not Mark, that's here with us, <laughs> but uh, Mark chapter 14, verse, we find it here, uh, 33, it's the Garden of Gethsemane. Hmm. And so uh, Jesus is going up to the garden and it says, he took Peter, James, and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Mm. And this idea that, like, there's nowhere in the Bible that promises that Christians aren't going to be sad. Mm. There's nowhere in the Bible that promises us that Christians aren't going to be troubled or disturbed or have Mm. to deal with really difficult circumstances. And that's one of these truths. And Jesus actually promises us the opposite. He says, (laughs) uh, in this life, there will be trouble. Um, And he tells us to count the cost before we follow him. And... I think it's really amazing to have this space where we can talk about those realities of being a Christian. Because as a kid growing up, if you're taught that a Christian is always supposed to be happy and always supposed to just be in victory and going from glory to glory and all these things, and the reality of it doesn't match that, you might think that there's something wrong with you, that maybe God doesn't love you, maybe you're Mm -hmm. doing something wrong or you're not praying hard enough. And that's just not the truth. And so having a place where we can talk about that and we can surface the realities of what it means to, to love God and follow God, mm. I think is super valuable. Yeah, I, I think um, I don't remember many 
churches that were really going through lamentations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, here's, here's what we're going to do in courage, but we're going through lamentations, <laughs> you know, but yet there's a whole book of the Bible mm-hmm. <laughs> about lamenting, <laughs> yeah. you know, like dealing with hardships. So, you know, I, I think it's important that we, not that we want to just be like, you know, suffer, suffer, suffer. That's not what we're trying to right, say. Right, you know, right, we're just right. trying to be honest that this world includes suffering. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's hope of a, a world to come and there's hope of, uh, Jesus making all things new and restoring all things, including our 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 minds and and our, our bodies. And yeah. so, um, yeah. Again, we were t- we were talking last week about a quote that, that oh, we yeah. were tossing around mm. by M. Scott Peck: "Mental health is a commitment to reality at all costs." Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about that. That reality is that we're going to be in pain. Yeah. We're going to have sadness. Yeah. We're going to struggle. And like you were saying, Walter, that you know somehow we've gotten this message that that we're not going to be mm-hmm. yet scripture makes it really clear yeah. through the old testament and the new testament just how much pain mm-hmm. yeah there is in a fallen world yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that doesn't mean we can't find contentment in, in the lord right? mm-hmm. i mean i think about paul's journeys and just you know being in, in jail and like i can be you know do all things to christ and that's that's not about him winning the Super Bowl, by the way, but um, <laughs> right. I mean, it right. might be. I don't know, but, uh, but you know what I mean. Like, there's there's this contentment of joy in the Lord, which looks very different than we're thinking. Happiness yes. constant twenty four seven. Yeah, know, I think that's and and if we're struggling with mental health, and then we have this reality of like, well, I should be happy all the time. We're gonna have this tension that's probably you know can be really dangerous. Like, yeah, what do we do with this? You know, am I just not following Jesus? All these thoughts that are not necessarily true. Yeah. You know? I love that you brought Paul into it because we're going to keep bringing him into everything. To me, Paul and David were, were the two of the most honest humans in the Bible. And they just they put their feelings out there. They put the reality of, of their lives out there, which is valuable for us they, trying to follow Christ, right? They felt, they felt, the, they were the, the, the feelers, right? The feelers, they, they yeah. All, all the feels like the kids say. Yeah. yeah but, and, and, oh, go ahead. And, and that's not to say that we go by our feelings because right. if we went by our feelings, we would be in big trouble. Yeah. But we need to know what our feelings are. Yeah. Yeah. And, Recognize I, them. and I think that if we don't know what our feelings are, we act upon them a lot more. Yes. You know, so we don't need to, you know, be worried about, you know, uh, saying that we're saying go by your feelings. Yeah. Uh, we're saying the contrary. Mm-hmm. Just be aware of them, yeah. Yeah. you know, to move, you know, because in a fallen world, we can't, again, we can't uh, ignore our feelings. Mm-hmm. But we can't trust them either. Yeah, we need to evaluate evaluate them. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's validation that they're we feel mm-hmm. right, but then mm-hmm. validation that there's also what's true and how we're in how we're feeling, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. we see very subjectively as humans, mm-hmm. and so I think that's the beauty of the objectivity of, of the truth of the Word of God to, to kind of help us check our feelings, you know. Yeah, so we're. I think we're gonna try to use this space as a way to talk about the spectrum of mental health. Um, There's things that we want to discuss when we're talking about specific things, like maybe we'll have an episode about teachers dealing with education Mm -hmm. um, and all the the stresses and the problems there. We're going to hopefully get to talk about mental illness, which is a different part of mental health, just as valuable. So we might get into depression and and, uh, grieving and all kinds of things of that nature. Um, But we'd love to get questions in and comments so that we know what to talk about, what it is that y'all want to hear about. But I want to ask another question here. Mm-hmm. How has mental health been seen or understood or dealt with by the church? Mm. In your experience, of course. And this is the capital C church. I'm not calling out, you know, any particular small C church. Yeah. We... Well, I think, um, you know, as we look at history, it's changed mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I can remember when I first went into the field, um, there was a lot of pushback. A lot mm-hmm. of pushback. And there was a lot of issues with 
you know, uh, tre- treating the person holistically. And there was kind of this attitude of trust and obey mm-hmm. and all will go away. Mm-hmm. Or, the, you know, there can only be, you know, one type of yeah. treatment. And, and as we've grown and as we've developed things in our society, we see that a lot of things are really, really fruitful. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, you know, in, in a positive way, <laughs> Walter, mm-hmm. I think the church has really grown in that area. And there's yeah. so many people will be giving resources and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people that have really, um, again, merged and worked with, you know, scripture yeah. and then worked with the, the field of mental health. And have come up with some really good recovery mm-hmm. uh, ways for people to to cope yeah. in this yeah. world, you know. So um, that that's my input on it. That it's yeah. changed through the years and yeah. it's gotten in in so many ways. It's gotten really positive, mm-hmm. you know, that people are. But that yet there are people who hold very fast that you know mental health is something that doesn't have anything to do with the church whatsoever. Right. As if believers don't struggle. Right. Mm. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really, really wise to, to point out. Uh, you know, I kind of liken it to you know, God, God's common grace, right? And if you're in, um, you know, other, if there's medical field, things like that, right? You've, we've learned how to treat certain things, right? And we could also say, yes, there's there's faith. We could pray and God could heal, and he absolutely can, mm-hmm. right? And things like that. But I think yeah. there's also practice that is, it's, it's not wrong to involve practice as well, right? right? And so I think that's... Um, Removing any stigmas, I think, is is really the hope of going forward. But I think in the in the past, I know that the stigmatized piece of mental health has been harmful. You know, I, yeah. I think of a family member who struggled with, you know, really, really hard hard time with with mental health and kind of was I don't say excommunicated, but definitely wasn't really welcomed to the mm-hmm. to the church uh, that they were a part of early. You know, twenty years ago by now. But um, and I think that's that you know then they lose trust trying to go back to a place like that where do you go yeah, you know what i mean yeah. you can't church should be a safe space for for those struggles and and you know if church also is a resource right, right. We, we we're not the professionals in how to mark is but the rest of us are you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. um but we, we point to people like mark right. that's the the goal of, of the church where's a welcoming space where we can be um you know assisting people in, in that regard so um so i think it's grown like like mark said i think it's been you know, wasn't great. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's turning mm-hmm. the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think there's there's been, I think some of it is fear, right? So yeah. I think for a lot of people and for a long time, the idea of mental health was connected to mental illness, which tends to be kind of the, the far part of the spectrum there. And so churches, I think, have been afraid to go anywhere near it because you know, maybe they didn't know how to deal with if somebody has schizophrenia and they're they're asking a church elder to help them with it. And so I think a lot of times anything on that spectrum between mental illness and just, you know, grief, just, mm-hmm. you know, you lost a, a family member, you lost um, something went away in your life, a job that you love or, or something. And there's so much space there. There's so much there that, that can and should be dealt with by the community because that's really mm-hmm. what a church is. At the end of the day, um, Jesus was really clear about, us having to be in community. He lived in community and asked us to remain that way, made us a church and we can provide and we can be there for that stuff. And the the, the more serious things that the the church isn't equipped to handle, like mental illness, can be dealt with by the right people and the community can serve to lead people in that direction, like you were saying, Kirk, as a resource. I think that the best way maybe to see that, or or at least a a healthy framework, is to think about, uh, when you were saying Paul before, I was thinking about 
his exhortation to to run the race. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea that that Christianity is this long marathon. We start on this road and we're running towards this finish line and stuff happens along the way. You yeah. fall, you get bruised, you you hurt yourself and you can't run a race effectively with a broken leg. And just in the same way as we recognize that in the physical, and if your kid comes home and he's got a broken leg and his shin bone is sticking out of his leg, you're not going to tell him to continue to run. Walk it off. Walk it <laughs> off, kid. I think it's really important that, that we recognize that the same thing happens on the, on the mental and psychological yeah. side of things and that you need treatment. And that treatment can look very different depending on what it is that you're dealing with. Right. You know, if you, you pull a muscle, it might be a couple of days or a couple of weeks where you're just taking it easy or you're... You're having somebody help you with it. If it's if it's the bone peeking out of your yeah. leg, you're going to go to the emergency room. You're going to go to specialists that, that can help you with that. And I think if we as a church start to see that and start to understand the value of dealing with that stuff so that we can run the race effectively, because really that's the end goal, right? So any part of, of a church, any part of Christianity is to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what all of us are trying to do. And in order to do that well... We want to be as whole as possible, as healthy as possible, so that we can be effective runners. Um, and that's kind of where the name of this podcast came from. So Corey, Pastor Corey, came up with the name of this podcast, and we got to give him some some serious credit because we oh, think so it's good. absolutely perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And Kirk, I know you've got the verse there, but With All My Mind is the name of the podcast. And if you guys want to talk a little bit about where that comes from in the scripture. Yeah, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus is talking about, uh, Lord, you got all your mind, all your heart, all your soul. Um, and I think, you know, Heart, soul, those things are, are you know, regularities, but mind really stuck out. Like, even love with all our mind, whatever capacity that might be, we still are called to love in that setting, you know? Mm-hmm. So whether we're, our mind is sharp at the moment, or whether we're just foggy all over the place, yeah. not mm-hmm. sure where we are, we still have the joy of, of turning to the, like, the Lord doesn't, like, oh, no, wait till your your mind is this or that. Like, it's, no, he he. I love that there's an invitation, mm-hmm. you know, to, to love wherever, wherever you're at in your mind, you yeah. know? Um, and the goal, like you said, is to see, um, see transformation and healing and wherever that's possible, you know? And I think that's why I, I'm a huge advocate for uh, things like, like therapy and counseling. Like I just, yeah. I, I don't, I think those could be stigmatized for a while. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense. It's like you would get when I, I, I recently went through back surgery and, Messed on my back, and I went to physical therapy, and it was incredibly helpful, right? Yeah. Something shattered in the back. Like, there's things that could, you know, in my mind, if I've been through some trauma, things like that, abuse, like, they may need some therapy to be put back together, healed, mm-hmm. you know, some some uh, learning, some different exercises. Like, I think there's just such a value that in that, so. As you guys were talking, I was thinking that, um, you know, it's such an opportunity for the church. Yeah to be able to come alongside. Mm-hmm. It was Larry Crabb, psychologist and, and a, a really prominent person in the faith community uh, with mental health, talked about the fact that if the church was actually able to do its job, mm-hmm. we would have so many less counselors mm-hmm. needed, Yeah, you know, because, you know, approaching people, helping them to be seen, not judging them, not having the shame or the guilt, you know, for people to just come and to say, this is what I'm struggling mm-hmm. with. And... You know, for as Kirk Thompson says, you know, for nobody to leave the room. You know, I love that, you know, that I share something with you and you just stay right there with me and you connect with me no matter how broken I've been. And and, and that's my goal, even within the church, is to help people to get strong, to fight the, you know, good fight. And and to be able to press forward and to be able to help others, you know, with, with 
you know, and that's something that's happened in my own life mm-hmm. where I've had so much brokenness and trauma in my own life. Mm-hmm. And now I have the privilege of coming alongside others mm-hmm. and working with them mm-hmm. and helping them to see areas where they can work more effectively. Yeah, absolutely. You know, stop beating themselves up, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's a real passion for me. And I think that's part of this oh, podcast, yeah. too. This is, um, I, I love that you were talking about that, Mark, because I think Kirk talked about it earlier in your book. You were an example of somebody who was opening up, was sharing, was being transparent about, you know, where they came from, where, where the roots were, what they've gone through in their lives. And it's something, so Kirk and I both lead a men's group for Commonplace, and I'm also one of the youth leaders for the high school boys. And we impress upon the small group members and the youth group members the importance of transparency mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and honesty and just really being real with each other, just being genuine. And I didn't, I didn't see that as much when I was a kid. It was, it was weird because we were talking about the pastor's kid thing, right? So as a pastor's kid, you have a front row seat to the reality of what a church uh, looks mm-hmm. like and is. And then you also have the front row seat on Sundays where you have to sit in the front and you have to be, you know, play the, the, the part of the perfect child, which isn't real. But it, it helped me to see a lot of hypocrisy in churches. And I... I think most churches and most people want to do the right thing. And the hypocrisy, I think, comes from this this false idea, this false narrative that I think has been just kind of perpetuated over time that that you're supposed to behave a certain way in order to be saved, that it's all about performance. And so people bring that performance to church. And so when they, they get there on Sunday, everybody's dressed up in their, their finest and everybody's everything's pristine and perfect and everybody sings and nobody's off pitch, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, as a kid, you're looking around and you've got this room full of adults that look absolutely perfect. And I think for most of the other kids, they believed it. They believed that all of these people around them were perfect, but I got that front row seat. So I could see that behind the curtain, there was stuff going on. There were people that were in, in abusive situations in the church. There were people that were dealing with depression or alcoholism or, or very real, very human problems. And those things seemed to go away the second that they stepped into, into the doors of church. And so as a kid, it left me with this kind of broken view of that. Um, It never affected my relationship with God. I was always, I loved God. I thank him so much for bringing me in early and really just showing me who he was and how much he loves me so that I could fall in love with him. But I didn't fall in love with the hypocrisy that I saw. And hypocrisy, I don't think is malicious, but rather just people trying their best to live up to a false idea. Mm. Um, And so I didn't see transparency growing up and it made me feel like, if I'm not perfect, if I'm not living the way that these guys are, if I if I can't do that, maybe there's something wrong with me. And then when I started to see the hypocrisy as I got a little bit older into my, my later teens, I was like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this because this isn't real. And so I ended up walking away from church, not God, but church for a long time. And so I think that transparency is going to be a really important value in this podcast as we move oh, forward. Yeah. I mean, really being able to share really where we are, things that are important to, to us and people around us, which is why... You know, we're, we're asking you guys to send in some questions, um, send in comments, anything that you're interested in, want to talk about. But what other kind of values are important to this podcast? Well, I mean, I think, you know, you know that the number one, I think, is transparency. And I think being okay, uh, creating safe space, right, is, is one of the big things that I've been trying to walk in in my own life and just with walking with people. Um, it's this idea of like even the church safe space discipleship, right? Yeah. A lot of yeah. times, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. we don't, until we feel safe with someone, we're, we're probably not going to open up and say, hey, I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just not, it's just kind of counterculture. It, it takes time. It yeah. takes time, you yeah. know, and I think so. And I, I love that you said that, because I think this is, 
yes, it's, it's process, right? We are in process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think recognizing that, recognizing process is, I think is a value as well. Like we, yeah, we may not be where we want to be, but we're also taking steps forward. Yeah. And there's days where we may fall back, but we're in process, you know, I was sharing with you guys today, I, I, I feel weary and exhausted yeah. today. I've had a lot of things going on and, and like, I want to be like, yay, here we go. Praise yeah. the Lord. And I just feel broken yeah. and, mm-hmm. and like confused mm-hmm. and like just even, you know, hearing things in my own mind about, you know, believing lies about who I am, who mm-hmm. got all these things. And it's like, and, and yet you guys are safe to me that I can share that. Yeah. Why don't just sit there and just like hold it in and like suppress, suppress. Pretend. Yeah. yeah Pretend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I pray that that's not flowing from, you know, our opportunity to do that, that others would feel safe to do that too. Yeah. I love how you made a, made a difference there between perfection and, and progression, because I think that's absolutely true. I think as Christians, our, our calling is to follow Jesus, not to, to be in heaven already with him, but to live in the reality that we're still in this broken world. So we're progressing towards heaven. We're not like teleporting yeah. right to his side. And so it's definitely a big part of the walk. <clears throat> I think another one, and Mark, you kind of touched on this, but since Kirk loves alliteration so much, <laughs> I'm thinking patience. You just said time, right? So I think patience might be a core yeah, value here. Yeah. Do you want to talk about patience in its role? Yeah, I don't have any problems with patience. Oh, great. So okay, I, good. He's been, he's been healed. I, no, no. <laughs> Teach like, me, my friend. <laughs> I can remember, you know, I've had problems with addiction, and, and I can remember getting out of rehab and being like, I want all of this done mm-hmm. within like six months to a year. Mm, yeah. And I'm like going on nine years, and I'm still thinking like, I want this done by yeah. the end of. So, so, you know, I see the importance of patience. Yeah in my own walk with the Lord. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I think you and I were talking about, Walter, mm-hmm. you know, that idea that we're always going to be in struggles, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, and just, you know, one of the things with community that's so important is to be able to bear one another's burdens yes. and to, you know, um, it helps with that thing with patience, you know, because somebody else can come alongside and say like, yeah, I know it's really hard to wait, but you know what? I've seen growth in you. And, yeah. and I see, and I can remember when you were mm-hmm. A, B, and C. And, you know, you're not struggling with that anymore, but now you're struggling with (laughs) D, E, and F. Yeah. You know, and and so I think that's one of the things that's really powerful in community Mm -hmm. is just spurring one another on to good works and and to come alongside and say, like, yeah, I know you're struggling with that. I hear it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but you're going to get there, Mm -hmm. you know, reminding you of why you started this in the first place. Or even, I love that, or even just patience with just sitting with people too, mm-hmm. just being present, you know, mm-hmm. patience in, 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 in the presence. Cause I think that's attuning to, yeah, yeah I love know, the in, word attuning. Yeah. yeah. In the therapeutic community, we yeah. talk about attuning to people, you know, yeah. just really connecting with them, yeah. you know, and, and again, Kirk Thompson, not leaving the room. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's the thing. And, and maybe we don't even have the right words at the time. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Like we're, we're just, we're showing that we're present for mm-hmm. this other person as they're struggling. Right. Yeah. Like, I think yeah, that's important. To connect and to, yeah. You know what? And and I do this for a living, and I don't have the word, and that's okay because yeah. I just want to hear what the person. I want to hear their story. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear where they are today, and understand that that took a long time to get right. to where they are today, sitting in my office, yeah. and not not being worried about always having the right words, but just letting them know, you know what, you're really important to me. Yeah. Man, I was. I love that. Um, I think as as. People that have grown up in church or, or that in, are actively in church now, I think we view the the witness, right, sharing Jesus with people as preaching. I think a lot of the time that's kind of the thing that we have in our heads because we're so used to it on Sundays. But I love that the book of Acts talks about Philip and the eunuch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Philip was chosen in that instance by God instead of, say, Peter, who is this 
firebrand mm. preacher because the eunuch didn't need somebody to preach to him. The eunuch was already reading mm. this book and he didn't understand what he was reading. And so God sent a person who was willing to listen. Mm. He had Peter, sh- or I'm sorry, had Philip show up and ask him, hey, what are you reading? Do you need help understanding that? Mm. And sat beside him and they talked and they just were able to to have a relationship there, which led to the eunuch's conversion. And I think that's something that we really overlook a lot in the church, the importance of really listening mm-hmm. and the importance of just being together, just communion. We talk a lot about communion with God. And we don't really talk about communion with each other and how important that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that adage that talks about, you know, um, to listen to listen mm-hmm. as, as opposed to listening to respond. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're sitting there thinking about how am I going to respond to what you just said while you're talking, yeah. you know, I lose a lot yeah. of it. But if I just sit and hear what you have to say yeah. with no agenda... It, 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 it's much more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times in different relational conflicts, that's that's the issue is that mm-hmm. we're not actually listening to one another, yeah. right? When, when we don't respond, we react. And I think it's even okay at times just to be like, I hear you. I might need some time to process yeah. my response. But I, I validate what you're saying <clears throat> and I love you. you yeah. Know? Absolutely. Um, that's such a good That's such a good point. And I think, you know, that's one thing. Um, are we done with patience? I'm done with patience. I mean, we can be done with patience yeah, if you're I, impatient I was say, it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, you know, another thing we'd like to talk about is just tools mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. people. You yeah, know, like you're talking sure. about, Kirk, yeah. with, with communication yeah. or ways of self-care, yeah. things like that. I don't know about this round. Yeah. But oh, yeah. As we, next, we got plenty yeah, more to we, come. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's going to be Definitely. a lot of episodes. Yeah. But I agree. I think we want to just, we don't want to just have a couple guys talking about things. We want to have some practical, like, hey, how can we also help? Not that, you know. Sure, everybody loves listening to us talk. I mean, we wouldn't love that. <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, we want we want some practical tools for people to to take and, and even just give some good resources for people. So. Yeah, and I, and I should warn all the listeners now ahead of time, we're not going to have all the answers all the time, unfortunately. So if you want Mark somebody that's got all the he's, <laughs> he's got. Does that come with the uh, with the PhD? You know, like what, all the what, answers what, are in the book. You know, I, I often share with Debbie. You know, what came with my doctorate was the fact that I know that I don't know. Mm. The more you learn, the more you don't know. That's so good. And, and so, no, <laughs> I have very few. Well, answers. darn! I was really hoping. <laughs> I think the other, I think the last kind of value that I want to talk about because you said it, Kirk, was love. Mm-hmm. You were talking about this idea of love. So, so all of these other things we've talked about is really important. But I think the last really important value that we want to bring to to this podcast and to just everybody around us all the time is love, because that's that's what God said he was. He is love. Mm-hmm. And we might not have the right words all the time. We might not um, be able to solve people's problems all the time, but we can treat them with respect and love. We can listen. We can just lean on each other and let them know, even as they're sharing with us, we have to share. We were talking about this in the car, that part of of discipleship and part of really really being community is is sharing your own stuff right yeah. so there's a lot of people i think that set themselves up as uh lucy from peanuts right <laughs> where she's the psychiatrist and she wants to listen to everybody it's a pretty so, good deal though five cents i mean come on like yeah she's you can't a bargain. Expect a lot. it's a bargain right? I mean, she's undercutting mark's rates by quite a bit <laughs> but um but i think in order to love somebody you have to be real with them and part of that is sharing and so we're gonna we're gonna do our best to to do that here and we love you. We love everybody that's listening to this. Jesus loves you. And we want to try to reflect that love everywhere in any way that we can. Yeah. And our hope is to, you know, you can listen to this and not be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Like, yep. that's okay. You yeah. know, like, it took me a long time to become a follower of Jesus. So there's a lot of grace and a lot of like, hey, we want to help in that journey if that's mm-hmm. a journey that you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and I agree the, the the idea of love, right? Paul said the greatest of these is he didn't say rebuke, he didn't say mm-hmm. own that person. It's the greatest <laughs> is love, right? So yeah. I don't know. I think it's an important value that we uh, we lead with. Awesome. Well, I think we had a really great discussion for uh, for this first episode. Again, we would love, love, love to hear from you guys. So Pastor Kirk is going to give you his contact information now so that you can reach out to him via the email address at church. But yeah. if you if you have any suggestions for things, uh, topics that you want us to talk about, if you have any comments or any feedback on the show, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, you can reach me at waltermarkofthebest.com. <laughs> it's Kirk at K-I-R-K, not Kurt. There's a lot of Kurt's. Kurt's are awesome too, but it's Kirk K-I-R-K. At commonplacechurch.org. So commonplacechurch.org. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. This was fantastic. And you will be hearing from us again. We're hopefully going to be recording again next week. So uh, there's some more episodes. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have a lot more topics. Thanks for sitting with us, and we'll see you soon. See you.